Robin Leach and I'm here at the luxurious home of the super glamorous romance writer Mary Fisher. She's the woman who has everything. Beauty, fame. My books reflect my own experience of lovemaking as sacred and beautiful. And plenty of hired help. I bet she makes you earn every penny, huh? But could it be that something is missing from this romantic storybook world? All oh, the little families, mummies and daddies and dear little children. how the other half lives, meet Ruth Patchett, a domestic demon. Your father loves mushroom soup. Queen of a suburban paradise. Oh, in the bar, the woman is a walking disaster area. What could these two women possibly have in common? You look like an Ranged woman out of here. You're the devil in the sky. Justice serves those who serve themselves. That's your wife? It's too bad. You're the devil in the sky. the show everyone welcome back yes indeed listeners we uh, you asked we answered this teaser i posted a lot of traction earlier today before we got on this recording in the amount of likes and comments and excitement for this movie i love it absolutely uh listeners everybody out there listening today my name is pete and i'm scott and and these these are are the the movies that made us gay yes indeed well pete Yes. We have a very special guest today. Indeed I'm very excited to talk to him. H. Allen Scott, a.k.a. Sadie Pines, and host of the Golden Girls podcast, out in the Lanai. H. Allen Scott, welcome to the show. Hello. How are welcome, we? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are doing really, really well. Thank you for joining us today. I am so excited to be here. You have no idea. I, <laughs> I hear a child in the background. I hope well, you have them locked up. <laughs> They're in their cages. You're treating them just like Meryl Streep did yeah, in yeah. in She Devil. You are just locking them in a room with a video game. You know they they were not they were not minding us, and so we <laughs> locked the cage. Um, <laughs> our apartment building is on and popping today. So <laughs> try not to listen. <laughs> so we gathered today to watch. She Devil. Yeah, by, that sounded like a yes. funeral start. Like you're like the preacher who's <laughs> or about a wedding. To lead the eulogy. Or yeah, or the wedding. I, I went directly to death because that's me every yeah. day. Every time. Yes. Directed by Susan Seidelman. Did I pronounce that right? Susan Seidelman. Su- you're, Susan you're Seidelman. Put a little Jew on Susan. it, Scott. Put a little <laughs> Jew on it. Come on. Susan Seidelman. <laughs> Susan Seidelman. She didn't bring the nosh. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Susan Seidelman also directed the pilot of Sex in the City. How yeah. do you like that? Yeah. I found that out in my research today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this movie was released December 8th, 1989. Yes. Wow. Wow. And we're going to talk about the box office top 10 later in the show <laughs> because <laughs> it's out of control what yeah. this movie opened with. Yes. But yeah, She-Devil. I'm excited to talk about this movie. I love this movie. You have no idea. Well, first off, first off, first off, 
Yes. Let me just praise the two of you because I ah. love this idea for this podcast. I think oh, this is perfect. You. I've listened to episodes. I enjoy very much. I Wonderful. think. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Movies <laughs> that made me gay. I mean, it is like there. Are, I could. I could go on forever and ever. Come it on, is just right? so great. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I mean, this movie in particular. You know, I I often when people ask about the podcast and how did we get the idea and blah, blah, blah. And we said, we always want to talk about movies and, you know, Scott and I are big movie people. We just love movies and we watched them since we could sit down and put a tape into a VCR. And to me, I always go back to death becomes her. Oh, and I always say, you know, when I read, I, even as a little kid, and, yeah. you know, I was not watching French Lieutenant's Woman or, like, Heartburn <laughs> as, like, a child. Cry in the Dark. Right? Yeah. Cry in the Dark. Oh, but Cry in the you, Dark. The Dingo Ate Her Baby. Ate Her Baby. But you know Meryl Streep. You know yes. the Dingo Ate Her Baby. And yes. you know that she is a powerhouse dramatic actress. Mm-hmm. Yes. When I was introduced to Death Becomes Her, I said, oh, she can do anything. She literally – and you know what's interesting about that? So – Meryl Streep, one of the reasons why she took She-Devil, because I've mm-hmm. done extensive research on Meryl Streep, and I've yes. read the book that Michael wrote. Michael Shulman wrote a great, great book Michael Shulman uh, wrote about Meryl Streep and her career. But mm-hmm. I, She-Devil, it was her first comedy. She had never yeah. been offered mm-hmm. a comedy. She had never been, and she wanted to do a comedy. And this, and Roseanne was one of the biggest comedians in the country at that point. Right. And Roseanne, the TV show, had just started, so she was hot. And mm-hmm. Meryl Streep attached herself yeah, and it's 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 with us forever now. <laughs> and you know, and as we know now, Meryl is funny. She's so, so funny. funny mm-hmm. You know, so funny. And you know, as I, because I was introduced to Death Becomes Her first, I was like, okay, now I get it. Yeah. she is really really funny. And you know, also in Death Becomes Her, you can she does a little singing, she does a little dancing, yeah. a little yeah. hoofing. You know, she's kind of showing you everything, right? Everything. So I was like. Okay, now I think that, you know, really, really good dramatic actors have that little bit of funny in them. And, you know, you Mm -hmm. see it later with, like, somebody like Robin Williams in, you know, Dead Poet Society. And you're like, wow, okay, when you can do both, that's when you know that this is it. Well, and comedians have that. I mean, I don't, but other comedians do. Where they they can get in touch with their, like, the deep, dark parts of their yes. like jim carrey i think of like the, there are so I, many great comedians who can do so that. many comedians can do drama but yeah. not so many really I, good dramatic actors i go to christian wig comedy i go to christian yeah. wig for stuff like that yeah but yeah. yeah drama she's, with christian yeah. wig is always really she's but you know what's really like, the great example of a dramatic actor that can't do comedy hillary swank never could do a comedy there you go she can't yeah. do funny I, do you ever see that yeah. new year's happy new year's or whatever the fuck oh, movie was new year's eve <laughs> Her planning the New Year's Eve uh, party being like, I'm funny. Like it the didn't... Gary Marshall spectacular oh, New Year's God. Eve. I do love a Gary Marshall. I do love a Gary Marshall. But yeah. Hillary Swank. Ooh. So, you know, I know I know Meryl now as like an eleven year old. I'm like, okay, she's my new comedy queen. Yes. I as a kid, I love Roseanne oh, yes. because th- mm-hmm. I am being partially raised by the television. Yep, same. And you know, and these sitcoms are showing me this aspirational life, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. if the parents do both work and the mom is a working mom, yeah. she is a lawyer like Claire Huxtable or she's an architect like Elise Which was not my family. Was not my family at all. not my family. She's a news reporter like Growing Pains, you know? And and Roseanne Connor worked in a factory. 
Yeah. One and of the many lo- ones. And then yep. she lost that job and yeah. had to get another. You know what I mean? And so that was something that to me as a little kid, I was like, holy shit. Oh, my this God. Roseanne, everything. Roseanne changed me. Roseanne was. Yeah. And what makes I, – I posted a clip the other day of Roseanne, of Aunt Jackie from Roseanne because I – it's hard to post Roseanne. It's hard to even talk about Roseanne now sure. because yeah. of who she's become yeah. and the yeah. how she's ruined her legacy on so many levels. But it the brilliance of that sitcom and the mm-hmm. way – I remember when I went off to college in Chicago, I and my family – I'm from St. Louis. And my family – I would be homesick and I would watch Roseanne because it would remind me of my family because I come from that kind of family. I come from right. the family mm-hmm. of – for parents out of work and struggling and not so much money and the dad isn't always the breadwinner and all of those things. And it was just – it was so my family on every level and it just – it makes yeah. me so sad what she's done to her legacy. Ab- yeah, absolutely. That's that's really heartbreaking when it comes down to it because the show is such a big part of mm-hmm. yeah me – of, you know m- – me growing up and just, yeah. you know, yeah. having these memories. But, you know, when this movie came around or when I got around to this movie, I was just like, okay, I love that it was just something slightly off of like that campiness that I mm-hmm. couldn't quite name mm-hmm. as like an 11 or 12 year old. Yeah. But I just knew it was not, this is not a straight drama. Yeah, and it's you not knew that a wacky something comedy. was fucked up about this film. Mm-hmm. You knew that no one should be taken seriously. Also, can yeah. we just yeah. talk about this? So I. I was not old enough to masturbate at the time <laughs> She Devil came out, but there I is a moment. I think I know where you're going. Yes, yeah, so you know exactly where I'm going. There Stealth is, undercover yeah. hottie. Yes, yes. Ed Bangley Jr. Yep. There was mm-hmm. there was an Ed Bangley, and, and not so much from the even behind because yes, he showed his butt, but then yeah. but then when he turned around and he held the towel to him, the te- yep. yes, there yeah. was we a visible that last night. bulge mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. bounced. Like a nice, like this is this is my sport. This is my sports contribution to the episode. It bounced like two basketballs. It just, I mean, it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. You know, and that's and that's the thing for me too. That is a very like core memory in my head. And it's like Ed Bigley Jr. You know, he's he's kind of he has gangly. a boring name. He's got a boring yep. name. He's got he's you know it's like he's not the, hot. No, but they're but very it, pretty eyes though. Very pretty mm-hmm, eyes, and true. you know I'm yeah. not I'm not mad at that lisp. He took the subway <laughs> to the Oscars this year. He did. His he daughter, did. I saw that. Yeah, yes. yeah. He he's got yeah. the whole electric car kind of bag of bullshit. You know, that's always I bet been, you. It's always been I there. bet you if I ever met him, which I bet you I could. If I ever right? met him, I would probably be like, I attempted to masturbate to you. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. There, there were those few movies at the time with with male nudity and yeah. just him holding up that pink towel Ooh. that's a little too small. It's like yeah. between this and Inner Space with Dennis Quaid. Oh my god. Same. Well, not even just Inner Space. Uh another great Meryl Streep sort of comedy postcards from the edge, which also oh, has oh, yeah. a Dennis Quaid in the shower moment. Which there got me go. through a, a few other moments as well. <laughs> I mean, rough the, spots. there are so many good moments of early yeah. '90s male subtle nudity. Like now, like I mean, I love a dick, but like yeah. I almost don't want to see dicks because that reminds me of the '90s when I couldn't jerk off to dicks. So yeah. then I had yeah. to like find a way to see butts. You know, oh. <laughs> absolutely. These absolutely. kids with their with their euphoria now. <laughs> they they don't know. Know. Uh, we had to go through <laughs> the struggle. Yeah, Scott. Do you remember when you first saw She Devil? So, I have I have a confession. <laughs> H. Allen Scott. I did not watch this movie until probably about five years ago. How? How is that this even was possible? Always, this yeah. was always one of those movies that I always remember seeing it at our video store 
but I just never rented it. What the fuck was wrong with me? That I never rented this comedic masterpiece. Most <laughs> underrated performance of Streep's career, it's arguably. It's true. It's true. That I would agree with that. I think that Pete... I watched this with you. Yeah. Yeah. We mm-hmm. watched it together. And yeah, that was your, that was your first time. Um, but I definitely grew up on Roseanne, too. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, very yeah. familiar with her. Yeah. But Roseanne's movie career, it's just like... It's spotty. She didn't have a lot of... She didn't really yeah, have a lot yeah, of projects like this. It was between this and... Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. It was between this and, like, Freddy's Dead. Oh, my God. In, like, oh, 91. Cameo. Wow. Wait, cameo. Can we also talk about another great um, moment in male nudity history that somehow I remember so fondly, Drop Dead Fred? I mean, it... Yep. Dro- Drop dead Fred when he's at the when he's at the event and and there's a waiter with just the, the waiter around and he takes the the, the he, apron he, and it drops he takes the toga off and he's naked yes. yep yes 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 that moment that moment that's oh another great one but yeah yo Freddy's Dead was also great Roseanne does not have a great film career no no um and uh, you know this like Scott said it's a it's a underrated performance from Meryl yeah um I think that this movie has it's grown to have this kind of like camp. camp. Silly. Gay legacy, especially yeah. with gay film Twitter, I feel yeah. like you yes. always see the image of Meryl at the yeah. computer, yeah, her doing laundry. Like yes. that's just like that's always circulating any given month on totally. on gay film Twitter. Well, and it's but, just so it's just so over the top. I mean, just like even as a drag queen, like the, there isn't there's something. I remember when I was a kid, I would I would I wouldn't respond. I responded more to Roseanne's character than I did Meryl Streep for some reason. Right. I think because she kind of because my parents are divorced and like I think she reminded me of my mom and like my dad's a dickhead and like all those things. You know what I mean? So like, sure. I think I had that going on. But now as an adult watching it, which I watch a couple <laughs> times a year, um, I, I I I I respond to Meryl Streep because you know, I'm at least somewhat settled in my life and like I can do drag and, and she's such drag inspiration and because it's so over the top. It's so, do you know how many times at a show I will have a beautiful outfit on, right? My boobs will be perked all the way up and I always have gummy bears with me and I will put a gummy bear in my bra just to take out and be like, it's a gummy bear. And no one gets it. None of these faggots get it because they're all like 12 years old at, yeah, at the bars yeah, yeah. watching drag. And I'm sure, give me your money. I'll take your money. But the fact bear. that you don't get the gummy bear line shows me yeah. you're not my people. Yeah, that is a good lit- litmus test right there. Yes. Um, yes. You know, something interesting that you said, identifying with Roseanne and now kind of identifying with Mary Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we watched it, even... This time when when we watched it, I was just – and I think I think of this a lot, but this time in particular, it just – the themes of this movie in 1988 are so different than they are today. Yes. I'm watching this and I'm going, wait a minute. Which one is the she-devil? Yeah. Why, yep. why is Ruth the devil? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Ruth has been wronged. This is a woman scorned. And they don't yeah. even play it up that could the she-devil be Mary Fisher. Mar- Mary Fisher's character. Yeah. Yeah. But it's explicitly stated that it's, that it's Ruth. You know what's so interesting about that, I think, is that – I don't know. I kind of see this character too I, – like I see Roseanne in the film a little bit mm-hmm. as kind of a pushover. Like, I mean, part of me, yeah, no, part of me is. is like, girl, mm-hmm. if your husband is dropping you off a block away from your house uh, 
and it's about to drive someone seventy five miles. Funny, I died. (laughs) Like you're you're fucking dumb. Like wake up. Like the the predators from coming from inside the house. Like no, like have open your eyes. You know, it it would be silly for us to make a U turn. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you can walk to the end of the block. Which also, how many times have I said that? How many times have I done that? Where I've dropped friends off and I'll be like, I, the freeway's right here. I'm not turning I'm, around. I'm not making you. Turn. No. no. Yeah. And she has to get out of this two door car and from the back. Seeing seat. Meryl Streep, which, oh. when, when were you, when was the last time you were ever in a two door car? Do they even right? make two door cars yeah. anymore? But yep. Meryl, seeing Meryl squished up in that Squ- beautiful yeah. big pink dress, squished oh up towards the thing. God, that's oh me in God. every car, though, just for the record, because well. I'm, I'm massive. So, like, even if I'm just sitting in a chair, I look like Meryl Streep squished. <laughs> so, so you know, that's the thing. You know, now I feel like I don't know that either one of them fairly can be labeled a she-devil. I don't think you know? the devil is Ed Begley Jr., Yes, yeah. absolutely. He is I mean, he's 100% the, fucker. the villain of he this He should movie. die, and, these, and, yes. and, and Marilyn Roseanne should team up at the end and take over the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is really the kind of um, – the only thing that I can really say is that I do wish they, ha- they interacted with each other a little yeah. bit more. I, I, part, part of me – and this is just me being me and sure. probably what I would do. But if I was on set, if I was Meryl Streep. Okay, and at that point, she's she's won two Oscars. She's been nominated like eight times before that. Damn. Like she's like, mm. and she's only in her like early forties. So like, yeah. she. Although I love that she's attempting to play a thirty-four year old. Thirty-four, right? Yeah. <laughs> or to pass for a thirty-four. And I looked that up. I looked that up, and that lady was clearly forty-one. Um, oh, but uh, I, I, one of the things that I love is that I have a feeling that Meryl was like, I'm not going to do a lot with Roseanne. She can't. Act. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she yeah. and she doesn't. Act, she's not acting in this film really because she's so understated. She acts more on the sitcom Roseanne than she ever did in this film. Sure, she's yes. great in this film because she, as a person, is just funny. But she doesn't really act. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's I, a very, it's too. very understated. And I guess that's what's interesting about coming from Roseanne is yeah. that that's kind of unexpected. Because yes. her persona, mm-hmm. especially then, was yeah. over loud, the top. Yeah. yelling, Brash, screaming. Kind of, yeah, and here yeah. was this woman who you were intentionally made to feel sorry for. You were made yes. to be like, you're meek. You're not. And even when she gets revenge, it's calculated and it's devilish, of course, which is very much what we would expect from Roseanne. But it's also not – she's not taking any acclaim for it. You know what I mean? She's not like – Right. And it's the, all behind the scenes and she Roseanne really, would want yeah. the attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, we'll do a quick couple sentence synopsis of what's going on for those who haven't watched yet. What's wrong um, with you? What is wrong with you, listeners? But uh, Scott, do you want to take a, t- a two-minute two synopsis? Well, we should first probably say this is based on the book, The Life right. and Loves of a She-Devil by Frey Weldon. And that Frey Weldon, I think, was just sort of it, this author from England that no. she yeah. did this... It's big in the this, UK. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how big because I do. I do. A, I, I write for um, a show in the UK, and I I didn't know how big this was in the UK. But there, there was, was a, whole a big, series, and everything. there was a big yeah, BBC miniseries in the eighties. So wild! Mm-hmm. How, we were watching a little yeah. bit of it before we hopped on the call today. It's on YouTube. Oh. It's weird as hell. Yep. It's very eighties British television. Yeah. The mole is there. <laughs> the mole is there. So yeah, I, the I Ruth think character. I think it's written into the character. The Ruth, Ruth character has a giant mole on her face. That's and so. so I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. 
So, um, let's see. What is the character's last name? So, Ruth Pratchett. Ruth Patchett. Patchett. Yes. So, she is this overweight housewife who enacts a devilish revenge on her philandering husband after he leaves her for this glamorous, mm-hmm. best-selling, Jack- Jackie Collins-esque author, yeah. Mary Fisher. Yeah. Mary Fisher <laughs> lives in a beautiful house. In a palace, in by, a the palace by the sea. Mm-hmm. I love that one of her lines when, she, when they get to the house is, imagine the electric bill, which is like what I say all the time about like crazy <laughs> things. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that house is wild. Wild. Uh, the because it's this kind of east. I'm born and raised in LA, yeah. and so I have an idea of mansions that look like a LA mansion. Not that I grew up in mansions, but what you know, a yeah, big house is yeah, yeah. You know, and and you get pools that are outside, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe not uh, oh, a, yeah. a hot tub under a gazebo indoors oh you know when you were a kid watching a movie with a pool indoors it was money that's that's rich rich, mama they are rich i i lived in new york for (laughs) 10 years and i did before comedy or anything i worked in like fundraising for like political candidates and i'd Mm -hmm. often go to like the rich houses of the hamptons for money yeah and oh my god the level i've been in big houses here i have never seen wealth like i've seen in the hamptons it is Mm-hmm. beyond what you could ever imagine the amount of land and space on a fucking strip of like island like it's very strange that's oh. the thing about mary fisher's house is that there's so much of it yeah it's i think it was filmed here though wasn't it wasn't it filmed oh, I'm here not, I'm so not sure. i just saw, i did i looked up the house where this was shot and this is in new york oh. is it this house belonged to a bulgarian opera singer oh um and she was also a countess Oh, even better. Oh. Countess uh, Nadia Denario. Oh, wish. Barber. I, I mean, I could see <laughs> Countess Luen in this house, but this home was built Didn't in 1870. Didn't it kind of look like Malibu? A well, it did very mm-hmm. much. The cliffs and everything. And Well, my question is, this is a this is a house. This is a location that they found. That pink. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a choice. I mean, that is a choice. That is a choice. Yeah. I, <laughs> house, hope, I hope they, they painted it that that color. The house is no longer there. It was demolished in 2017. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Probably because of 30 bedrooms. Thing. Yeah, probably. 30 yeah. bedrooms. 30 mm-hmm. bedrooms. What 30. do you do with 30 bedrooms? Especially if you're an <laughs> opera singer. Why does Mary Fisher need this? Yes. It makes no sense. And she, she lives with, what, two people before he moves in with the kids? Like, what yeah. is going on? <laughs> <laughs> she's, so she's got she's got Garcia and she's got the maid. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and the maid. Wait, which one? No, yeah. which one was the guy? Garcia was the dude, right? I forget. Garcia names. was. Yeah, she I called him the butler later in the movie. What a she, snack! She him as the what butler. a little snack he was. Who, you know, who plays that? So let's talk about Garcia, played by A. Martinez. Which also, um, first off, A. Martinez, I would immediately a- <laughs> stop at the bar and be like, "Tell me more." <laughs> a Martinez, I remember A Martinez because he was on LA Law. La Law. And La Law. Yeah. And in the, you know, late 80s, he had a an arc on that show and he was uh-huh. a main character and he was in the credits. And it was just kind of a big deal because he's from Glendale, like here in LA. Oh, really? And yeah. And he's like Latin guy. He's he's a Mexican right. guy. And he's know. from, you know, he's like He's a homie. Like, he's from here. Is he gay? So, well, that's my thing. 
I feel like he's playing Garcia oh, very effeminate. I think he's, yeah. yes, Didn't I get you that think too. he was playing him really bitchy? I mean, if not yes. because he was jealous, like, I think he was trying to come across as like jealous, like, oh, okay, here's Bob yeah. Hatchet. But he was playing it way like it, there was there was a homo-y thing to him and now that i've just yeah. googled images of him now i would still like in the bathroom hook up with him i mean no yeah hey, oh sure yeah still good looking yeah but only in the bathroom he can't come home <laughs> only in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so uh yeah mary fisher's house is ridiculous she has a staff of two yeah. In a thirty be- in a thirty bedroom house, <laughs> insane, insane, insane. Well, she has to th- she has to throw these these lavish parties, Ugh. as we see later. No, can we also talk about a little bit about how? Like, I get I get that Roseanne is a bad housekeep housemaker person. Like, she's a, she's a bad she's just bad at doing a lot of the things that a mom is doing in the home, right? Or what she is doing right. in the home, and it's because she's overworked and stressed, I'm sure, and all of the things. But she's re- I mean. First, like she's making those heart biscuits, and like she burnt burns the heart. They're literally <laughs> like like biscuit or whatever they are. Like they, it's on the package. What you're supposed well, to do with them? In her defense, her kids are rotted. They are and evil. <laughs> and the the first thing she does after she destroys the house yeah. is offload those goddamn kids. Which and I was is, like, I mean, cheers. This yeah. is this is where I bet you this is where what whoever wrote Michael Cunningham wrote the hours. I think he got the storyline for Julianne Moore giving up her kid <laughs> from Richie <laughs> Devil. From I think I think so. I can see that. Oh, a little that. Richie. Yeah. Oh my god. That <laughs> but, fucking kid somehow put his gerbil in the dinner. I mean, like, the daughter's a piece of shit. This is when the moment of like you 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 kind of sympathize with Susan Smith. You know what I mean? Like you you have these moments of you're like I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that absolutely. was horrible these, of me by the way. For the record, kids, I recognize no. how horrible that was of me. <laughs> Movies that made us gay does not share the opinions of <laughs> their guests. <laughs> What's a podcast without a good Susan Smith joke? Huh? I mean, come on. Um so you know, like we said, her husband is the real villain. Bob yeah. Hatchett is a villain. He yes. is clearly a philanderer before he meets Mary Fisher. Yes. And he's right. bad at it too. He's just and bad he's, at it. He's so bad at it. The kids are not phased when it's like, yeah. Oh, is dad not home? Like, did dad like not come Shocker. home tonight? Yeah. yeah. And like you said, she's a pushover. She lets it happen. Yeah. Right. And she kind of is letting the kids walk all over her and mm-hmm. destroy the house. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that. And that's what makes the character journey so satisfying at the end is mm. that where this character begins and then where it ends yeah. in the script. Because yeah. I, I mm-hmm. remember – one thing that I specifically remember about this movie is that when things start going wrong for Ruth and they pile on her and he's just like, you're a terrible mother and like I never should have married you and, and the the gerbils in the thing and she's just like, I'll go get a strainer. Like Roseanne is pl- – it's she's like heartbreaking yeah just and it's just a yeah. look on her face it's just it's so irre- there are so many moments i mean i oh god i'm a sucker for any like sad mom moments it just kills right. me there's, there's one from mm. muriel's wedding where like oh my god she, she yeah. has the sandals at the grocery store or whatever and then she kills yes. herself i mean god yeah. like over sandals i it was <laughs> there are so many like yeah. i I remember distinctly feeling so sad for Roseanne in this film when I was mm-hmm, a kid. And mm-hmm. it made me think of my own mom. And it just – now, watching it now and even watching it before this, just for the purposes of this, mm-hmm. part of me is a little bit like, 
listen, girl, I'm fat get your too. Shit together. I'm fat yeah. too. I'm pretty ugly. I don't like. I get it. I get it. Life yeah. is hard, but like, you got to get a personality. You got to yeah. tell some jokes, and you got to yeah. like understand that this dude is clearly a horrible person because he's dropping you off a mile from your home. <laughs> but you know what, though, when she finally destroys the house, which and is, it is so ex- good. It's, it's so satisfying. behind her. Iconic. And she's walking away, and it's the, she, the smile on her face. Yeah, it's so good. It's so and, good. It's, it's so, good. so perfect. It's yeah. so perfect. That image is great. I, mean, I, was writing, <laughs> I was writing down some of the stuff that she does when she's blowing up the house after he's officially left her and he's not coming back. Yeah. Um, knife in the blender, hair dryer under the pillow, perfect. aerosol cans in the microwave. Very Catwoman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that she she puts, like, an iron in her washing machine. She knows everything in the washing machine. Overloads the plugs. God, what I wouldn't do for a washing machine. (laughs) Right? Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, the the power outlet, like, octopus, all that stuff. It's so perfect. Have you guys ever wanted to, like, burn something? I mean, who hasn't? I, (laughs) of course. I've never wanted to, like, burn, burn something, but there is another scorned woman Angela Bassett and waiting to exhale mm. that. Oh yeah. I have always wanted to do that in my life and then have someone like get off to me doing it. And then, <laughs> and then, and immediately fast forward to the Loretta divine scene where she's walking away from Gregory Hines. And she's like, is he watching me walk away? And then she turns around. He's watching me walk away. I want, <laughs> I want those two scenes to be combined in my life sure. and to actually mm-hmm. happen. That's a, that's a dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, but I mean, this shit, is, this shit is satisfying. And, you know, when the kids come home and they're like, what? I love how Roseanne plays that scene, too. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I guess there was a little accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's when, you know, that's when Ruth starts kind of starts getting yes. a person. She's over it. Yeah, I guess. She's yeah. over it. Yeah. She's done. She's, she's, she's finding a purpose. And sometimes you kind of have to blow up your life in order to get what you need out of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah. fuck these kids. Fuck this husband. Bring fuck them, them to Mary kids. Fisher's 30-room house. <laughs> she's got plenty of room. Plenty of room. <laughs> so, okay. We're, we're going to get to Mary Fisher's 30-room house. But, Scott, let's talk about why she blew up the house. Okay. So, I love a good list in a movie. A list of to-dos, like <laughs> much like the bride and Kill Bill of oh, checking off everything yes. from a list. So she even did the thing. Yeah. They did the thing in Kill Bill where she, where that Ruth did was after she crossed one off, she circled the number of the next one, oh. and they did that in Kill Bill too. I, and I thought it was weird. I, would, I was Isn't like, that I would satisfying be... though. Isn't it so yeah. fucking satisfying? Yeah. Crossing cross something off the list. Off. Mm-hmm. Oh. And she and she used a felt tip pen too. Oh, and like, that's when you know. That's when you know you mean business. If you're doing oh, yes, uh-huh. it, yeah, uh huh. And uh... so her four things on her to do list: number one, home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are Bob's assets. Yeah, and he yeah. told her at, earlier assets, in the movie yep. that the, a man has assets in his life that like define him or something. Yeah. Yeah. and these were his. <laughs> if so, only. If only. Yeah. Right. Number two, family. Family. Number three, career. And number four, freedom. Okay. Which she's going to take all those away. What I love is what I love about this in terms of storytelling from a writing perspective is that Mm -hmm. this gives you the framework for the film. Oh, yeah. This tells Mm -hmm. you exactly where we're going. And it's so satisfying because you want to see what freedom means to this woman. Yes. Yes. And because it's like she. 
all throughout the rest of the movie, we don't really see like her living situation. No. We don't really see like does she have like this shitty apartment or she's yeah. not like what does she I'm eat for breakfast? Out, like yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. She could be her and Linda Hunt. Like she, you know, we see the building that they this condemned building that they buy. I also want to talk about Linda Hunt. We have. I, I have a lot to say about. Linda I have so many questions about Linda Roseanne Hunt. in this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. But we'll get there though. But you oh. know, all that that doesn't matter. To Ruth, it's yeah. not like, well, now I get to live and be flirty and fun and 30. Yeah. No, no. Yes. She, she is single-mindedly going to destroy Bob Patrick. Yes. And now, that's I, it. remind me, has when did Meryl Streep give the blowjob? Was it before the blow-up of the house or after? I forget the time. Okay. Yes. That blew my fucking mind upon this rewatch because i think last time i watched the past was, 30 years i must yeah. have been looking at my phone was yeah. this in the circular bed it's on the circular bed okay. yes and it's one of the times where he has to go home so yes. it has to be before this yeah. because she's just like trying to get him to stay and he's on the bed in i think at this point you kind of see him off camera putting on underwear yeah yeah, yeah. But now he's back kneeling on the bed shirtless, and she is just in the movie uh, sheet dress. Yes. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> just yes. like yes. fitted top the sheet fitted garment. bed sheet dress. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know it well. Yeah. <laughs> and she is like begging him to stay and don't go back to that woman and you need to, you know, whatever. And she literally goes down, drops out of frame, Honestly, and it's like. <laughs> a blowjob is yeah. the best credit card. It is the best. It's the best deposit. It's the best (laughs) security down payment. It is everything that it works. It literally is the gift that keeps on giving. It works in every situation. Literally, name a situation and I'll make it work. Especially when it's done by an Oscar-winning actress, a two-time Oscar-winning actress. A two-time Oscar-winning actress. Yes, and it, oh my God. like when did we ever? Sure, sure. We saw we saw Meryl Streep possibly give her babies to dingoes. We thought about Meryl Streep <laughs> maybe giving her kids over to Nazis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we even saw Meryl Streep giving up her kids to someone like Dustin Hoffman. When did we ever think that we would see Meryl Streep give a blowjob? Yeah, and it's there on film. Yep. <laughs> So proud. I'm so glad. This makes me happy of who we are as a country. Right? I think, yeah. We we used to be a proper country back when (laughs) movies would show two-time Oscar winners blowing vegan activists. (laughs) But, I mean, but that's the kind of, that's what you're in for in this movie. Just like over the top. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so perfect. It's everything I needed. And, you know, it's it just gets more over the top from there because now Ruth, like we said, she's single-minded in her vision to bring down Bob. And so she kind of creates this new persona for herself. Mm-hmm. This Ves- Vesta Rose. I mean, yeah. if if I don't start a company and name it Vesta Rose before I... And that's her name. I mean, I, it, I mean, it it just sounds like a... 80s Bond, like Bond. It does. It does. (laughs) She's so, she's so, what I love about this is like, this is a woman who, from all that we know, we don't know much about her, but from all that we know, she's just been a housewife. That's all she's done. We don't know anything about her background, her parents, or where she comes from, what she knows about business. And somehow she understands, somewhere in her life, she picked up how to be diabolical, which I think is so 
it we so on this other podcast that I do, it's called You're Making It Worse, and I do it with Elliot Glazer and Brent Sullivan. We had a question recently where at the like the end of the podcast we always pose like a weird question to each other. And mm-hmm. one of them was, um, if you had to, do you think you could kill someone? And which is like a crazy question. And <laughs> and and like to me, it's like if I had to, could I be this diabolical? I don't think I could be because I would be worried about all the little things that would fuck up. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. Sure. Right. But, you know, she found the way – she found these ways to get at these people and to get at what just pissed them off the yeah. most. Yeah. It's like, you know? it's like with, with Mary's character, oh, you want to you wanna take my husband? Great. Take my kids with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very – Great. You um, can have them. Oh, God. Who's that insult comic from the 90s? There was someone, but it, he had a joke that was just like not from. He's like from the fifties and sixties and seventies. Like he was oh, big, the take but, take my wife, please. Yeah, he's like take my wife, <laughs> take my kid. Like you know what I mean? Like it was yeah, very yeah, that, yeah. but yet in Roseanne form, which is like so fitting because she was kind of that comic of the nineties of like oh fuck sure, it, yeah. take the kids, I don't care, yes. you know. Yeah. Yes, um, and it, it's interesting that the the route that Ruth takes, the, you know, the first thing that she does is busting out mary's foul-mouthed mother which we get from... set up which we get set up from the lifestyles of the rich and famous opening yeah yeah she still cares for her um ailing mother and mm-hmm. uh-huh. so a it's, it's home. out there on yep. television mm-hmm. that the mom's in a nursing home and so yep. she's just, she uses everything that's at her disposal and she like... and she is a fan of mary like she's read all yes. of her books yeah. also can we just talk about the actress, the great Sylvia Miles, who I mean played to twice nominated Academy Award nominee person, you know, for Midnight Cowboy and Farewell My Lovely. Love her. Yeah. She's wacky. She I, is she still alive? No, I think she's died. But yeah. she had like at the end of her life like this wacky, like crazy blonde hair. She was just cuckoo. Oh I loved her. The performance in this movie. Can you sneak me a beer? Mm-hmm. I mean oh my god. <laughs> so perfect. Also, also, it's what I like. Literally, I've always said this. If I ever, so one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life is smoke. That's it. Like it's the coolest. <laughs> like I miss smoking every single day of my life. Same. If I ever. Same. Am die. If I ever know I'm dying, oh my god, three packs a day. Three oh, yeah. packs a day. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Why not? That's her. That's her in this movie. She doesn't yes. give a fuck. She's just like, no, yeah. bring me a beer. I don't care if I die tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia Miles' IMDb photo is pretty fierce. Oh, I haven't even looked at that. What is it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Show Fire. it to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Look at those mm-hmm. cheekbones. That, yeah. And the cheekbones. Her, her, like, her, cursed, lip. her, her cursed lips are just like, mm-hmm. don't even try to put the dick in my face. She had she had that buckle fat taken out. Yes. Yes. She was before. taking it out before these kids were. <laughs> before they were born. Yeah, she's great in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, so she's good. so she's so, so like tacky. She mm-hmm. gives away all of Mary's secrets. Mm-hmm. You know, she outs her as being 41. Which is just so good. <laughs> you told me you were 34. <laughs> just starts laughing. Um, also, she uh she kind of takes away all i mean what exactly is this nursing home giving all of these patients yeah right Sedatives. she replaces them with yeah. vitamins and all of a sudden they're like playing soccer yeah and they're having a they're having a grand old time yeah which i mean they're more physical than i am on a daily basis yeah like <laughs> yeah it's, i was like oh my it's God. wild to me i mean <laughs> i saw them doing things that i'm like i only think about doing when i put on like tennis shoes you know what yeah. I mean? but that i don't actually do because i just stay on the couch <laughs> yes yes um 
the just kind of side note, the woman who runs the center, like oh this, yeah, Love she her too. kills me when she's just like no bedwetting incontinence. <laughs> incontinence. Like the way the way that she gets. So, I mean, also if you're around like old people. You kind of expect a little, like, I'm yeah. not even old, and There's sometimes gonna be I pee. leave a little dribble on my pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're going to have, yeah. you're going to have a little bit of dribble. You just are. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like, it's interesting that, you know, um, Ruth or Vesta at this point, you know, she's trying to, she doesn't want this job to keep the job. She only took yeah. it so that she could break out, you know, Ruth's exactly. mother. But she just happened to meet... Uh, Linda Hunt. Hey, Linda ah. Hunt. Th- there's two things that I love. First off, I love in a film whenever there's like a a drastic difference in characters. Like one character looks in like like you know throw Mama from the train. Danny DeVito sure. or no or not even that. Uh, uh, oh God, twins. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, like yeah, yeah. these sure. kind of like weird like these two should the Harold and Maude sort of moment of like <laughs> these two should not be together but they are and. Yeah. Linda Hunt and Roseanne kind of have that in this film. I also, Linda Hunt is in the category of people. She has such a unique way of speaking. It's oh so yes. proper mm-hmm. yes. that one of the things I always think about is, I, I think about this with like maybe Catherine Hepburn or other people or Lauren Bacall, people who have very distinct voices. What were they like in the bedroom? Because like, <laughs> sure. Can you imagine like Linda Hunt saying to a woman, cause she's lesbian. Give yes. it to me. And, like, I can't, like, because how would she even say that? Like, how would Catherine Hepburn say that? Voice. Give it to me. Like, yeah, give it to me. It's, it's so, <laughs> I think about that always when I hear people like that talk. Linda Hunt from New Jersey. So interesting. Yeah. But also just, Catherine Hepburn from Connecticut. Like, why does she oh, sound yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, these Mid- people just Mid-Atlantic. put on these. But also Meryl <laughs> Streep. Meryl Streep's also from New Jersey, and she sounds the way she sounds. So, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I love that Linda – I always want to say Linda Hunt's a late-in-life lesbian, but she's not. She just didn't come out until yes. later in her life. But mm-hmm. she has yes. been with the same woman for like 35 years or yeah. something like she's that. Like, so. She's like Lily Tomlin in that way where her and yes, Jane Wagner yeah. have been together for 50 All years. And, yeah. and yet mm-hmm. no, we didn't know until the 90s or until the aughts. Yeah. 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 So so we love Linda Hunt. Uh, what, and now, everyone, you're welcome. You get to – Think about what she sounds like <laughs> behind closed doors. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Give We're it to me. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, Spencer. You're gonna the, you're gonna, I hope someone does an NCIS. She's on NCIS, I think. I hope someone yeah, does like an those. NCIS voice compilation now of Linda Hunt just God. saying dirty things. In a pro, <laughs> like, you know how Jimmy Kimmel would put words together that don't belong? Like, I hope they do that oh, with, sure, with Linda yeah. Hunt's dialogue. Yeah. Linda Hunt, not Edna Mode, as people uh, mm-hmm. mistake her for actually being the character. Maybe, no. like, maybe a visual reference, mm-hmm. yeah. but not the voice. Yeah. So I think that when we revisited this movie last night, I think my big takeaway of this revisit of it is I find Roseanne and Linda Hunt's scenes to be very sweet. Yes. I, I sure. think that friendship is yeah. very cool. There's a joy when Linda mm-hmm. Hunt yeah. eats that cupcake or brownie or whatever it was. Yeah. When she eats it, I mean, I, I, I love food. Like I love food, but I don't think I've ever made that face eating something. Right. Probably because I just and keep eating stuff. So I like I'm. It's never exciting. Like if I maybe didn't eat so much, it would be exciting. Yeah, and that's the thing about the character Nurse Hooper. I think she's just this straight laced kind of by the book woman, and Ruth is just like. 
I have a dozen fucking donuts right here. <laughs> yeah. And she's so... never met somebody quite like her. <laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> you got yes. some time. I got, I've got 12 donuts. So, <laughs> and she, and Ruth just starts going in. So, you I know, mean, Hopper God just kind her. of maybe just lets her guard down for a minute. And when she gets her bit, she's just like, holy shit, this yeah. is really good. Mm-hmm. And oh. yeah. And they just form this friendship. And who hasn't been there? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love them together. And I love I love that she becomes kind of her, not secretary, but her, the straight woman for, like, right. what she yep. needs to get done. Because she needs a face. Like, she needs someone, whoever thought Linda Hunt would be the face of something. But <laughs> she needs a face. She needs someone to be the, the front woman. Right. And because the financial she can't backer. Be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but not even just the financial backer. She has to be the one... That people take seriously because yeah. if Roseanne is found out, then everything's fucked. So, right, like, right. she is the front woman in a lot of ways, and I love that. Yeah. That's so diabolical. Yes, mm-hmm. and she, you know, could because it's it's Nurse Hopper or it's it's Linda Hunt in the commercial for Vesta Rose, where oh, they yeah. talk about you yeah, know, yeah yeah yeah. The downtrodden women that yeah. life is kind of like handed also, the back Also, why isn't card. she like doing the Sprint commercials and stuff? Like she – Linda right. Hunt should be doing every commercial. She's so yeah. good at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She needs to do a lot more voiceover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not even voiceover. I want her to sell me cars. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want her like riding a camel and like, we got a deal yes. for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Visit Abu Dhabi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will bend over backwards to make this deal. Um, so, but you know, Ruth is now she's using this to get these these minions, you know, on mm-hmm. her side because we get introduced to this one woman who, you know, who she gives her this job, and later on in the movie, that's the woman that kind of sw- she's this clerk. Who, she's the plant. Who courthouse. Is who is yeah. this? We just looked up this actress. So she's on is, Nora from Queens. So this is uh, oh yeah. Oh no! I-, I was thinking of the oh. of the not Jennifer Aniston character, but you're right. Nora's grandmother. Oh yeah, uh, Aquaf- Aquafina's grandmother mm-hmm. from Nora from Queens. She's and she actually had a, a, an arc on Roseanne. If you remember when Roseanne took the job at the hair salon. Oh, you're right. I totally forgot about mm-hmm. that. I didn't make that connection. She's that one was of the hairstylists. Such hairstylist. a weird moment. It was a very weird moment in Roseanne because you kind of felt like they were going to maybe go in a spinoffy direction with it. Yeah, and then they just dropped. <laughs> Yeah, because they brought I mean, in like but that four was so, new characters. That was so many of like the diner sure. and so many other things. Like there were so many moments that there could have been spinoffs of Roseanne, but yeah, it never. Yeah. It ne- and then she yeah. got focused on Tom Arnold getting a spinoff, and it just didn't oh, stop. God. Yeah, you mean you didn't love the Jackie Thomas show? <laughs> when Jackie <laughs> Collins showed up on Roseanne, that's when oh, you know the, the what are the jump the shark? Is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, that was a jump yeah. the shark. Yeah, that ha- that episode was makes that zero sense? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Why is None this her it. cousin? Why is this their cousin? And this makes zero sense. You don't even look. But, you don't even look like Laurie Metcalf, let alone yeah. Roseanne. <laughs> I mean, those but last those last two seasons of Roseanne get uh, bananas. Yeah, that was pre lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she tried to explain it by that last episode, but like it didn't. It just didn't. It didn't work, which is so sad. Because, but what's so interesting is like. I think it was the eighth season, maybe, when it jumped the shark and kind of went crazy in the lotto direction. Mm-hmm. But those first six seasons? No, so great. They're solid. Stellar. Yeah. 
stellar. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the thing. The writing on that show was so good. And so good. That's I mean, so, so many memorable it, moments. That The lesbian yeah. kiss. Like, there are oh so many. Darlene's poem. There are so many incredible, memorable moments from Roseanne that, yeah. like, I go back to this day. But the problem is I can't talk about any of them because everyone fucking, like, Roseanne, yeah. they just see Roseanne as who Roseanne is, which I understand. But I'm also like, Laurie Metcalf <laughs> and Sarah Gilbert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. So good. Um, Scott, who are you? Who are you going? Oh, uh, Maria Patillo from you may remember from Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Not the 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 we couldn't get Jen Aniston. So we got Maria Patillo. <laughs> Wait, so yeah, that's right. what she gives me. <laughs> Such a good moment. Such a good. So Ruth uses Vesta Rose to hire a, a girl to work for Bob. Yes. He actually ends up calling Vesta Rose mm-hmm. to say, like, I need somebody. Yeah. And she gets the call and intercepts it. And she hires, like, the cutest girl she has, who is Maria Patillo of Godzilla fame. <laughs> Which is wild because I don't, like, what else was she in? I think she did some sitcom she work. Was, um, she was in Chaplin with, uh, with oh, Robert Downey Jr. Right. She's that's Mary right. Pickford. That's mm-hmm. right. Wow. Plot twist. Okay. Yeah. But shit. yeah, this actress gives me, especially in a movie like Godzilla yeah. or anything that she was doing at the time of, we we tried to get Jennifer Aniston, but she declined. Yeah. But <laughs> she had to do that leprechaun have, movie. But yeah. but here's here's this one's headshot. Oh yes. my god. And she works. I mean, she yeah. I think I think she did a very serviceable job in this film because she has a very important role. She does. Yes. She has you a know? very important role in this movie. Yeah. Because yeah, at the at this point we find out that not only is Bob a philanderer and yeah. cheating on his wife, then cheats on his mistress. Yeah. Uh, How do you um, cheat on someone with that with 30 bedrooms? You know, it's just that thing that men will just get tired of fucking someone. Yep. And, yes, I get that. But also, <laughs> but also, I will say that this moment in the film, part of me always goes to, oi, straight people. You like, know what I mean? I yeah. mean, yeah. always, because I'm just like, can't you all just have a little fun on the side yeah. and chill the fuck out and realize it's fine and you're going to go home to the person you love, but that's, like just have a little tickle tickle at the toilet thank room. You. you know what I mean? That, that's... <laughs> I think that is it. That you hit the nail on the head. I don't understand. This is why the most beautiful women in the world, Halle Berry, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, get Mm -hmm. cheated on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, this is why I think every single straight man should just have one gay dude on the side and the gay dude loves it. And he can just be there for blowjobs. And then the straight dude goes home to Halle Berry and everyone is satisfied. And literally everyone is satisfied. This sounds like a perfect situation. You know, it's, it's so funny because every now and then we'll watch a movie where like the big drama of the movie is that the husband or the boyfriend cheated like one time. Mm, And mm. we're like, that's it. That's it. That's That's it. it. That's That's it. it. That's what you're mad about. I mean, (laughs) that happened to me last week. What is like, we're fine. We're, we had had Wendy's tonight. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, and it's like, are we, are we the weird ones? I don't know. I think they're, I think they're the ones that have a problem here because that's what you're throwing everything away for. Miranda. Insane. Insane. (laughs) Insane. Miranda on sex in the city. That's what you're kicking Steve with that ass. Don't get get me started on that one. Oh my God. (laughs) That's a whole other episode. (laughs) That really is. And I could, I I will gladly come back for that because I watch that over and over. When you kick Steve, 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 
You've seen his butt? Amanda. Have you seen his butt? Have you seen that ass? Oh, poor Steve. Cracked they, walnuts and they with that they treated thing. Steve like he was old and senile and... I know what and, was um, And just like that. But it's still that actor who's still pretty slamming. <laughs> yes. He's still so like it. he was on like that nine one one show or firefighter yeah. show or whatever the fuck that show yeah, was. Yeah, and those, he's yeah. still someone that I would actually bring home. Sorry, A Martinez. Abs- or, Abs- yeah, A Martinez. <laughs> like I would bring Steve home. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, it's it's that thing with straight people, and you're absolutely right. Where you're just like, all right, get a grip. Come on, grow up. Grow there are up. bigger problems, like grow like fishers. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who plays a very pivotal role in this movie as People magazine reporter? Um, one Miss Deborah Rush, yes. Mumsy from Stranger Candy. <laughs> yes. When she came up in the in the credits, we immediately said that Mumsy. Scott, I love. Scott said, "Mother dear," and I said, "Mumsy." I love. I love. <laughs> I, love, I, love <laughs> I love Deborah Rush. Like she's such a great character actress that you've so, seen so in a ton of shit. What is that? Oh, gummy bear. Like I mean, okay. it's just it's just so. Also, also, can I, I just I I know many People magazine reporters, and none of them are like that. Right, none of sure. them are yeah. like they all are just sort of trashy like me, and we're all just doing our jobs. I would, yeah, yeah, maybe back in the day, and that's what makes me so. Like I love what I love about nostalgia is that we have this idea of what like a People magazine reporter right. would be. Yeah. When in reality, it was someone with probably like a shitty phone and like oh, yeah. JC Penney sweaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the like the shoebox tape recorder. Like, yeah. Just gonna record. <laughs> yeah. Totally. One thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, People magazine. I used to read the shit out of my grandma's oh my People God. magazine back Can in I- the day. I still get a subscription. Oh, I love it. I love that. I have. <laughs> those, sh- those subscriptions are expensive, too. Okay. I mean, let me just come to one of my shows. You'll see how many tips I get. Um, no, I I have People Magazine. I have it both digitally and in magazine. Love it. Because I have oh the God. Apple thing, whatever. Yeah. But I, yeah. I love. Um, there is literally nothing better than sitting on the couch with a glass <laughs> of iced tea and a good old magazine and just. Yeah. Flipping through, t- looking at my Star Treks, going back, going to the oh true God, crime one Star first. Treks. Yes, I still, I still am <laughs> the Star Treks. You go to the true crime one first because you got to know where the murderer is. Yeah. And then you go back to the other stuff of like what to read this week and watch this week and all right. of that. Yeah, do yeah. they even still have paparazzi photos anymore, or they is that do. not really is, is that not really PC anymore? But it's not so much in People magazine, although there is some of it, but those are more like – staged us. approved yeah. sort of ones yeah us yeah. and those like that they do paparazzi mm-hmm. because us has the famed they're just like they're us. just like oh us. my god they're just <laughs> like us oh my god can you imagine a mary fisher they're just like us like what oh. would that look like the the zenith uh personal computer <laughs> on the patio on her zenith personal computer Not- they're just like us <laughs> Not getting a connection doing- why can't i yeah. <laughs> doing laundry uh, They're just yeah. like us. The, the entire bottle there. Bleach. I broke so many nails. I've been there. Not doing you laundry, know, uh, but doing other things. When Mary Fisher is just get, I love her journey yeah. too. Because her journey of now these kids are my responsibility. Yeah. They're not listening to me. They're walking all over me. And, yeah. you know, oh, why are you wearing my clothes? Well, nothing else was clean. Okay, well, then do the laundry. Yeah. So we see her doing the laundry, and she breaks that nail. And when Meryl just looks at it and just starts crying, I'm just like, oh, my God. It is so – There's. it's sort of that like that moment when you do something that isn't tragic at all. Like it isn't mm-hmm. tragic at all. Yeah. Like, like dropping food on the floor or like yeah. – 
or like <laughs> tripping or like anything. And then when you do the thing that really isn't tragic, but it becomes such a statement of how bad your life is. Yes. You know, like you put yeah. all of everything into that spilled food, like salad on the floor. And you're like, I'm falling apart. I'm going to die. <laughs> like it's, that, that, was, that was the nail. That was the nail Mary's for Mary's broken nail. Yeah. yeah. Broken yeah. acrylic. Yeah. 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 Which acrylic, I'm going to tell you, I've... I, I've had acrylic many times over the years for many different things. And when you break acrylic, that thing bleeds. Yeah, uh, sure. My, my mom always, because my mom has always had acrylic nails as long God as I can bless remember. Her. And, her, and her whole thing is just like, when they break, that shit hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Quite, like, you can't yeah. quite be like Barbara Streisand, who famously does not wear acrylic nails, because yeah. uh, those are her nails. <laughs> yes. Which yeah. is insane. But I will say... I've taken a tip from Meryl Streep, and I have started doing gel on top of my natural nails to grow there out my nails so I can have a Meryl Streep or a, a Barbara Streisand moment. Barbara, there you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah. I was going to say, she can she can afford those um, those hair and nail supplements. That, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to get the ones from Target, the Target brand. Yeah, I was going to say, the ones yeah. that Chloe pushes, but was, maybe we can afford the Target those, ones yeah. better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do they work? Who knows? Uh, who knows? I just saw a thing. I just saw a thing on the news this, in the morning news that probiotics don't do anything for you. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Well, but you know, whatever. What about the fiber pills? Are they killing me? I think probably. <laughs> I... Um, but you know, <laughs> but you know, Mary's kind of journey. And oh, and then when she does the laundry and she doesn't know what she's doing, so she yeah. puts an entire bottle of bleach in. And yeah. then what I what I love, I love 80s movies and kind of showcasing products that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they had the downy oh. downy sheets. Those yeah. sheets were wild. <laughs> yes, I know. It is it is like the fact that she can like just take out so many at one I mean, <laughs> the level of waste like I always say this about like like I'm a liberal person, right? I support all the liberal causes. I'll give yeah. money when I can. But there's one cause that like I will I will go ahead and do the things I'm supposed to do, but I will not learn anything more about it. And that's the environment. I won't. Sure. I can't I can't I don't have time. I love the environment. Trust me. I will I will recycle and do the things I'm supposed to do. But just don't teach me about it and don't yell at me about it because I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just I can't. I'm stretched. I'm stretched too thin. We know. Everything's dying, everything's broken. Everything's dying, I get it, it. Yeah. I get it, I get it. Like I'll recycle. We're having, Shut up. We're not having kids to like you yeah. know no. inherit it. I'm all, not doing so. any of that shit. So we're even own a home our, our part. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing going out in my my like thirty. Yell at Mary Fisher. She has she's lighting thirty rooms, <laughs> right? Yeah, keeping it lit with no one in them. Um, but I loved seeing the kids show up to dinner mm-hmm. in their fucked up bleached. Yeah, <laughs> the clothes. The daughter's bleached clothes are pretty amazing. These kids, these kids are such a recipe for you know how like when you saw Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker, whatever his name was, who's mm-hmm. who was her husband? Yeah, Jim Baker. That, yeah, yeah. That, that then the eighties and like how the kids became all like punk rock and like cool yeah. and shit. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I hope that these kids grow up to be something cooler than they are because they are fucked up as a kid. Like they are destined for a drug yeah. problem. Yes, I love the daughter. Like a suit. Like when the house burns down, she's just like, "What about my tapes?" Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's just like, what about my tapes? Bitch. What about my what about my caboodles? Yeah, your um, mother has the, a mole the size of New Jersey, but you're worried about your tapes. <laughs> you should tapes. be worried about getting a mole like that someday, girl. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank start, you. Start cleaning those pores now. Do we kind of feel like the mole is like a stand-in for when it goes away? Mm-hmm. That's when you kind of know as the audience member. 
oh, she's fully, like, yeah. reached that level. Yeah. Of, she's in her final form. She's in her final <laughs> form. Yes. This is the final boss form. She's become Captain Marvel. Of Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Totally. She's in it. Yeah. That mole is so symbolic of so many different things. It is probably the grossest movie mole I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's up there with uh, Fred Savage and, and yes. World Member. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Um, but, yeah. And, and later on in the movie, she does look pretty glamorous when yeah, she's got no. like oh the scarf and all that when totally when she's in the courtroom like the scarf mm-hmm. i also kind of love when they're love going that. undercover in the office yeah. yeah i love like this is like spy <laughs> this is spy did you guys yeah did you guys feel like the movie didn't know how to end yes because the, sure the last there were moments that i was watching it where because i've seen it so many times so i was like looking at my phone or something or writing down a note and then i would look up and i'd be like it's still on like it because yeah. there were so many moments where I, I forget where it's supposed to end, and I'm like, "How is this not ending yet?" It just felt like it did not, it couldn't figure out itself. You know, be like, curious to, to right. I'd be curious to read how the book ends. Yeah, true. I've because, never read the book, mm-hmm. but now I want to. Yeah, and you know when Bob is like serving his time, and she takes yeah. the kids to go see him, and he seems kind of maybe rehabilitated he's like yeah learning to cook or whatever well, he's probably dropping that towel in the prison I mean, cell too you know what i'm I mean, saying he's a little pretty for uh for prison mm, you know he's <laughs> you know he's had something going on those flowing golden locks <laughs> ed begley jr i'm begging for it <laughs> i mean that that lisp is gonna go <laughs> it's gonna take him places <laughs> someone's gonna work in the laundry room I mean, okay, so it's steamy. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, I do want to go back to the kids uh, for a second. When Meryl or when Mary finally does have her breakdown moment, mm-hmm. and the the kids, Garcia and Mary's mom, yeah, are partying it up, yeah, in that yeah. one room, whatever that room is. Yeah, and Meryl goes in and she has her breakdown and kicks everyone out. When and all she that. does that deep guttural voice, yes. you know, yeah. like that mom voice. Like yeah. at that moment, you know, Meryl, this woman, this this character, Mary Fisher, is no longer Mary Fisher. She is yes. now mom. <laughs> she is yeah. now full on mom. I mean, is this probably in the top five greatest Meryl Streep moments <laughs> of her career? Interesting. I don't know. See, this is the thing. Meryl Streep, I, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep understands faggotry in a way that not right. many straight women do. And I credit her hair and makeup person. It's a drag right. queen who yep. has been working with her since her the 80s. Her makeup gay. He won the Oscar yeah. for the Iron Lady. Yes. Yep. And he's been with her since the 80s. He's a, he's a very famous drag queen. He was in the birdcage. He's the one who said, Bob Dole is gorgeous. <gasps> I did um, not know that. And he's, he's just legendary. He's legendary. And, I, didn't, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. And yeah. he, he, and it's, so I, I feel like she gets the camp level of that moment. So I don't know. I, part of me, like, there are so many examples, subtle examples. Like Meryl Streep in in um, Heartburn, that Nora Ephron film from 1987. Mm-hmm. is Mike Nichols, too, I think. Uh, that also is very camp and very much, like, like, similar. It's very similar to Roseanne's character in this where it's about the wife kind of getting revenge on the husband in a way. And sure. it's mm-hmm. – she does it so – she's just so per- – she's just so perfect. <laughs> I did I did read um, that she – had the choice of either role and she considered Ruth. Yeah. But she kind of thought because of heartburn, right? 
I think because of these prior roles that I've done, Probably. I'm going to do something that's a yeah. little more unexpected. And she was yeah. eager to do something silly. I think. I think. Yeah. I think in this, like, death becomes her is the is is the penultimate is everything mm-hmm. is the you, there, it, you can do no better than, and this character is very similar to death becomes her character so right. like mm-hmm. it's that one it's like she this was just a rehearsal for death becomes her yeah absolutely yeah uh, yeah i mean i know that this performance was liked critically it's interesting yeah. when you watch the Siskel and Ebert review of it. Oh, I haven't watched um, it. I Siskel just watched didn't it like it at all. He didn't yeah. like Meryl. Yeah. Ebert was fully on board. Yeah, Roger Ebert yeah. liked it, but uh, Ebert um, knows. Ebert knows. Yeah. I love Roger Ebert. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's like yeah. His writing was so perfect. Oh, so great. Yeah, but I think that kind of there was the snobbery of well, you know, Meryl can't do comedy. Yeah, well, and, and that th- did follow her when she did Death Becomes Her. Yeah. And I mean, but but she did have with Postcards from the Edge is one of those films right. that it's, oh, it's yeah. a it's a dramedy. It's it's definitely a drama, but it's 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 a comedy too. And she really, I think, opened up a whole new part of her career. But after Death Becomes Her, she really wasn't doing a lot of comedies. I mean, she went no. straight into the Bridges of Madison County, straight into like oh these very Ma- serious Marvin's Room. Marvin's yeah. Room. I mean, but that one Where also is fun. She is kind of but funny in that. She gets to play the fun, trashy mom in, yes. in Marvin's Room. I mean, that's the movie as I'm a little I'm a little younger. And when I was a kid, yeah. Marvin's Room was kind of the first movie of when I watched it, yeah. when it clicked of, oh, that's Meryl Streep. Yeah. See, like, I, was, I had I, that was Diane Keaton for me. In that mm-hmm. film, it was all Diane Keaton. Like, mm. I, well, I, I, I got was, the Oscar nomination. Yeah, yep. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Duly noted. I know. And that was also the year of um, First Wives Club, which is this film is so connected to First Wives Club on so many mm-hmm. levels. Like, it, it, this mm-hmm. also feels like that, that, you know, Ruth would have been someone who would have probably been a part of the First Wives Club. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Has, yeah. has Meryl ever talked about declining First Wives Club? Of no. being offered it and saying no, I'm sure that she was. I mean, Meryl Streep has been offered every single Everything, part every yeah. woman has ever played in the last 30 years. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. like hands down, if it's a big female role in a big budget film, Meryl Streep has been considered. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if she played it, she got an Oscar nomination for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so wild. So wild. Um, so one of the interesting things about this movie, and I, I think we talked, to, we touched on it a little earlier, is that, you know, you have this kind of industry veteran, Meryl Streep, doing yeah. a role that's kind of unlike what we know her for. And we have this new, really hot, yeah. you know, kind of TV star breaking into the movies mm-hmm. and um, you know, what, what are the possibilities of the two of them on screen sharing the screen? Yeah. And they really only have like it's, one it's and a half just scenes. That together. big party scene in the car ride home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then the book signing at the, the book very signing end. at the end. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, do we even ever see them on the same screen together in that? Or is it just hands? Uh, the book signing? Probably not. Yeah. I don't even think we see them together. I, mm-hmm. I think that this movie was – it's an easy movie to make. I mean it's not like a – you know what I mean? Like the locations yeah, yeah. are all within a mile of each other. And yeah. it – one of the things that I think is so interesting about it is that it was almost a, a setup for both of these women to do different things. It was a setup yeah. for Meryl sure. Streep to go in a comedic direction and it was mm-hmm. a setup for Roseanne to be taken seriously. And 
I think it worked for Meryl. It didn't really work for Roseanne because Roseanne, the character on the tele- the television show was just so huge and so yeah. big mm-hmm. that she didn't even need a move. She didn't need this movie. You know what I no. mean? And they're and, really finding their groove on the show too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that I almost think that the show overshadows this film and this becomes a Meryl Streep film and, right. and not a Roseanne film, even though it's very much Roseanne's film. Yes, yes. You know, the crazy thing is that we were like, Roseanne started in October of 87. Yeah. And they this made movie this, is released so they would in have, 1988. So they would have uh, filmed... They would have filmed the probably the first half of the summer, yeah. Or like when they, whenever they do pilots in the summer, so like yeah, probably July to like September, taking their break. Yeah. Roseanne went, but Roseanne to New York. had. Yep. I mean, Roseanne, even though the show, of course, catapulted her, she mm-hmm. had been. And the eighties was a weird yeah. time for films in that they were greenlighting shit that like like nineteen eighty eight was such, is such an interesting year for the Oscars because if you look at the films that were nominated and and the and some of them who won, you have. Of course, Rain Man, which is like a wild thing. But then you have Gina Davis winning for the actual sure. Taurus. And, and she, yeah. Joan Cusack being nominated for Working yep. Girl. And that being a huge film, Oscar film that year. So this year was sort of a year for like experimenting with comedies in a way. Mm-hmm. And then in 1989, uh, the Golden Globes category is interesting. We watched it right mm. before we got on the call. So Meryl gets a Golden Globe nomination. She loses to Jessica Tandy for Driving Miss Daisy. They of were course. released in yeah. the same week. Oh, wow. Which I'll read you this box office top 10, Please. which is wild. But um, here, let me look up this this Golden Globes category. It was Jessica Tandy. It was Meryl for this. And probably oh, Michelle gosh, Pfeiffer for The Fabulous it. Baker Boys. Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer was put in drama. Interesting. Oh, the Fabulous Baker Boys the Globes. Yeah. was put in drama at the Globes. Wow. Here. Let me see. Because that's like very much a funny musical film. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so Jessica Tandy won Pauline Collins for Shirley Valentine, a yeah. movie that is not really talked about a lot anymore. No, but it's a good and film. Then, I've seen it. These other two who I'm sure were battling for that fifth spot in Best Actress, Meg Ryan when Harry Met Sally and yeah. Kathleen Turner and For the War of the Roses. Well, Kathleen Turner yep. also has an interesting track record because she had been talked about for getting Oscars like a lot over the years mm-hmm, for like, mm-hmm. you know, Pritzi's Honor and like so many different films. And the only one she got was for Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. And only nomination. Only nomination. Mm-hmm. But she was, like, the actress of the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. she was – her and probably Michelle Pfeiffer and Meryl Streep were, like, the three blondes of the 80s in a way. Like, they defined big female movies. And it's – I'm not surprised by Jessica Tandy winning because that, that – that, there's also so much of Hollywood legacy involved in, in Driving Miss Daisy that, like yeah. – who produced it and like it's just it's a it's a just a big hollywood moment it's a it's a movie that uh, that appeases the most members too totally Mm -hmm. and there's no way meryl would have won for this but that wasn't even the point the point is meryl streep did a comedy in in which is just wild so give her a nomination like that's kind of what it is you know what i mean yeah yeah um what was the box office top 10 though okay so this box office top 10 like what a what a weekend to go to the 80s multiplex. Yeah. So, War of the Roses, <laughs> okay. number yeah. one, $9.6 million. Yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> oh, Beverly D'Angelo. Love her boobs. Right. Back to the Future Part 2 oh, okay. at number four, okay. or at, at number three. She Devil opened at number four at okay. $3.5 million, which... Respectable. I know this movie, I, I know this movie didn't 
make a lot of money in its release, but I mean, three point five million with those films is I mean, not that bad. Those are big yeah. films, so to compete against those is pretty great. Yeah. And the later half of the box office is out of control. Steel Magnolias <gasps> at number five. You you get the big Eddie Murphy movie Harlem Nights at oh, number yeah. six. The Little yeah. Mermaid <gasps> number seven. Oh, yep. <laughs> Look who's talking at number eight. <gasps> and Look who's talking made a lot of money. Oh, I know. I in know. its box yeah. office run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Prancer and All Dogs Go to Heaven. So a big family oh, weekend. All at Dogs the Go movies. to Heaven. You know that little girl was murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The movie's dedicated to her. Yeah. Yep. Her father killed her. Sorry. But yeah, what a box office top ten. What a There's week. something in there. There's something been... in there for everybody. Okay, so I I was I was a I was very much a controlling faggot when I was a child. And I <laughs> remember there was a moment in like ninety two or something, my my family wanted to go see some stupid, probably Sylvester Stallone movie. And I was like, I don't care what you do, I don't care what you see. I I'm seeing Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer. And, <laughs> and it was just, yep. it was just like, I, and I was this 10, I think I was 10 at the time. I forget. And I don't know when the movie came out, but I remember I was a little kid and, and I went and saw that by myself because my family wanted to go see something else. So I was like a, <laughs> like an eight year old in there watching Batman Returns just by myself, <laughs> eating my popcorn, loving I Michelle love Pfeiffer. That. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a time though. It's like the, yeah. like there's, there's, there's something in there for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my what god, year, Steel Magnolias. What, what, what is it? What, uh, what month was that? This was December this weekend of December eighth, nineteen eighty nine. What a yep. month. What a yeah, month. Jeez Louise. Because I was like, Christmas vacation A, this must have been holiday. I can tell you what had happened to me at that time. So a few months before this, my father, who's a dick, he went and got married to this weird German woman and they had a honeymoon in Disney World without children. <gasps> so fuck uh, them. Ugh. Yeah. Rude. They came home with all this Disney shit and we're like, you're adults. Rude. Oh. How do you take a honeymoon when you have at Disney World when you have I know. Children? I know. She's children. dead. It's fine. She's dead. It's oh, fine. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I guess looking at Meryl Streep's filmography i mean heartburn and maybe manhattan were the only forays into a comic performance that she did yeah and she's barely in manhattan like it's a one yeah, scene it's role. a blank and you didn't mm-hmm. see yeah heartburn it was a comedy but it, it 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 i wouldn't necessarily bill it as a comedy i don't think she would get nominated in the comedy category even for that i think mm. i think it definitely it reads drama because it was a dramatic thing i mean and nora efron's campaign for that film was so funny because it was her basically being like it's fictional Wink, wink. <laughs> ah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Meryl Streep's interviews for it are like, yeah, it's fictional. <laughs> <laughs> this wonderful piece of fiction it's that we so all It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, that. I love oh, my it. Goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, the legacy of this movie is, is surprising, but not surprising. Like I said, when, yeah. you know, when we posted about that we were doing this movie we got a huge response mm. you know from the gays they came out in droves just quotes we love and, it we had a few, we had a few yeah. women our, yeah, we had, our, yeah. our straight yeah. women friends of the podcast were all about it too listeners. and you'd be surprised it has a big British following I was so surprised when I found that out I had no idea yeah. that it's it probably a holdover whole... from the material of the book yeah mm-hmm. yeah I had no yeah. idea but it was I was very very pleasantly surprised by that yeah yeah which is which is awesome um susan seidelman the director she wrote this as well 
The, or she, did she adapt the screenplay, Scott? I don't think we so. We don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, but she directed, like we said, Desperately Seeking Susan. She directed the yeah. pilot of, of Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did, she did some really great work. So this movie great has got work like, for fem- for women. Like, yes. yeah. You know, yeah. like that Especially Desperately at Seeking the time. Susan. Yeah. Like, what other female directors other than uh, Amy, oh, I forget her last name, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Like, there were really oh, yeah. no other Amy big. Heckerling. Yeah. There were no big female directors directing big movies that were good at the box office. And then Penny Marshall, of course, was big. And, like, you started Mm -hmm. seeing more. So she really is. Susan Sutton's kind of a little bit of a trailblazer. Oh, she she directed the Smithereens movie. Oh, wow. That was sort of her big calling card movie that got her desperately seeking Susan. Interesting. So interesting. Okay, that makes – yeah, that makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Amy Heckerling is is one, um, Penelope Spheris. But I feel like also, too, they were, like, considered, like, a little – like, Amy Heckerling was kind of, like, this punk kind of, like – come from the the music industry and and it's usually when a studio wants to make a movie Mm -hmm. about teenagers, they'll they'll call on Amy to do something like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Penelope Spheris, since she made music documentaries, Mm -hmm. like, good fit for Wayne's World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then then we have – and then we have Barbara with with the uh, the mirror has two faces. The mirror has oh my god faces. the way <laughs> the way I had so when I was a kid I had a, pr- a subscription to Premier Magazine and the level Same. of mm-hmm. drama how every single month they reported on the drama of the making of the mirror has two faces and then when it came out and I was like this movie has changed me forever. Like this, it is my, it is one of those films that I watch constantly. I will listen to, I'm dying one day to do a lip sync on stage, a a duet with, with a drag king to, I finally found someone. (gasps) I, I, it's just, I, there's just, there's so many levels of love that I have for the mirror. What was the set drama on, on the mirror has two faces? What wasn't the set drama? More like the question. (laughs) No, it was, it was, (laughs) Nick Nolte was from Prince of Tides. No, but it was, it was, uh, yeah, there was drama that Jeff Bridges had, uh, there was drama with Barbara, but there was also like the production went way overboard and went way, it ran so long and she was such a perfection. I think it was like an eight month production or something like it was one of those for a film that is so lighthearted and like does not need an eight month production and so it was like some nancy myers level of yes yes i'm going way over i'm going way overboard on this romantic comedy yes and i don't think it i don't i don't think it was a massive hit but i think it maybe got its money back i don't even know like it was just didn't get didn't get Lauren Bacall the Oscar though. No, it didn't. Which that yep. that Oscar nomination readout moment was one is one of the best freeze frames you'll ever see at a category. Her her <laughs> like her sullen face being like, "Fuck her," <laughs> and Julia Pinoche recognizing that Lauren Bacall is just oh, yeah. staring at her, and she's so scared. She's like, "How do I get back to France?" <laughs> this brown dress, yes. uh, yeah, brown dress with a what? drink is collar, wearing a poop wearing collar brown. dress. Yeah, <laughs> it's, her, it's, her, it's her count chocula moment. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my. Well, we could talk about the year of the woman all day. Was that the year of the woman? Mirror has two faces. No, or I think ninety two was the year of the woman. No, ninety two. Okay, yeah. Ninety six was woman. 96. You don't remember the year of the woman? No. <laughs> oh yeah, it was when it's all the women movie. got elected to office and like oh sure yeah. okay. had all like the the female roles and like there was like a, there was it was the year of the woman. You know what I mean? And like, they was it like it, a was it like a Time magazine cover or something? They, I think they were just where did it? I come don't think from? it was Time magazine, but it was sort of like. It was sort of like the whole Supreme Court hearings that happened with um, not mm-hmm. Sunday, um with. Oh God, Clarence Thomas and 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 mm-hmm. Anita Hill. Anita Hill, yeah. and 
it was the whole that whole thing, and then it led into the elections of '92. But then, of course, there were great female roles happening, like you know, people who were doing these massive films, like Michelle Pfeiffer in '92. Like it was just a big, big, big year, yeah. and she didn't get the Oscar. Not she. I to this day, I am still angry, and I will interview Michelle Pfeiffer one day in my life, and I will tell sure. her that. She should not have been nominated for Love Field. I'm sorry. Fine. Nobody film. talks about Love Field anymore. No, she should have been nominated for Batman <laughs> yep. Returns. She should have. Yeah, been. And, and can you believe that bullshit? There has been men that have won Oscars twice mm-hmm. for Joker. Yeah, for Joker. Role. And yeah. meanwhile, like she's like, well, fuck my drag. Do you <laughs> literally. Think, okay, so literally. So, do you literally. think that she was? Do you think she would have been put in lead or supporting? I think she would have been put in lead. I do. Sam, she should have been agreed because yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. had done mm-hmm. supporting. She did supporting with Danger. I mean, and I think Batman's at that point, pretty she much was, the girl in that movie. Yep, exactly. I think she was done playing or done supporting at that point. She was like, "Listen, I'm Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm opening yeah. and closing movies. I'm leading yeah. this shit. Give me Best Actress." And guess what? They couldn't give it to her for Batman Returns because it wasn't serious enough. So they gave mm. it to her for a love field, which nobody saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched it though. It wasn't that bad, but still. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This concludes our year of the woman segment. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> on this week's episode of Movies That Made Us Gay. Um well, I mean, do we have any final thoughts about say, She Devil? Maybe we should take a moment to allow my ride to land outside there <laughs> it's because we're right next to the 101 freeway right so we always get the choppers yeah. got it got mm-hmm. it i said that I well my final thought i can give my final thought on she devil i Go think my final thought on she devil is it is it's it's drag it's like a great education for everyone who loves drag i think if you oh, sure yeah if you're a fan of drag race and you're a fan of drag queens and you want sort of the staple of films that drag queens go to in order to understand references and who we are as a community she devil is amongst those films that are essential queer drag content it is it is vital to your education absolutely and there's something well so said. empower and empowering about ruth's journey in this movie like that yeah. last shot of her walking down the street so great and yeah. you can kind of see of the character of that sure she did it all to punish her husband but while she did it she empowered all of these women with her i agree. and how and how fucking yeah. cool is that so cool so cool i love it oh <laughs> and we get Roseanne is a very complicated person, and I feel like mental illness has always been in Roseanne Barr's narrative. Yes. And it is very fitting that that was her. I mean, that she ruined it for herself. I agree. It, that yeah. is, I, I, I have. I'll admit, as a comic who has been blocked by Roseanne <laughs> on every platform, <laughs> I used to work. I used to work yep. with. I worked with her on other, like a bunch of things, and. Well, not a bunch of things, but, like, a few things. And then I said something, and she just, like, blocked me. But um, I will say it breaks my heart where she is because she is such a – her brain for comedy is just – even now is just so good. Yeah. And it's – she has such, like, a weird outlook on life that is sometimes very wrong and complicated. But also when she's talking about the normal things, when she is just being normal, she's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking genius. And we it, watched... Mm-hmm. It makes me sad. We watched some of her uh, her first stand-up appearance in The Tonight Show. Yeah. And it was pretty it's great. It's great. She's incredible. Yeah, all, she did this all thing All the domestic that, goddess stuff is so... It's so good. She did this thing that 
I think is so what I love about stand up and what I've always loved about performing stand up in in and out of drag is that it you know, I've never felt normal. I never felt like I looked normal. I never felt like I fit in in normal spaces ever. Like I never felt any of those things. Yet on stage talking, I feel normal. And in doing that, I feel like, you know, and just like Roseanne did, I think she's not normal. She's not a normal person, you know, and she's never going to be mm-hmm. a normal person in any space. And so because of that, when she's on stage and she's saying these things that are very normal and relatable coming from someone who isn't normal, it helps you kind of see life in a different way. And she helped a lot of people see life in a very different yeah. way mm-hmm. at a really important time when there was a lot of excess and a lot of money and a lot of, you know, the Huxtables and the Golden Girl. All these people were living yeah. these wonderful lives. And it was like, that wasn't the reality for a lot of Americans, my family included. And she was shining light in a weird way. And and that's what I love about stand-up is that, like, it gives us this opportunity to kind of Still be weird, but also, like, try to connect in the only way we can with a microphone alone on the stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, speaking of which, why don't you tell our listeners where they can go see Sadie? Oh, okay. And um, how they can find Sadie. Well, you can find (laughs) me on Sadie Pines at everything and H.L. and Scott at everything. I do a bunch of things. Um, I'm all over the place. There's all kinds of things. You can just follow the Instagrams and the socials and all of the – I hate Twitter, so I only retweet things now. But, like, you can find me on all the things. And, yeah, I'm I'm mainly in L.A., but I'm about to go on the road for, like, a week or so and doing it again in a few weeks. And I'm in the U.K. a bunch. So, yeah, come see me. Awesome. Wonderful. And uh, listeners can still find out on the Lanai. Yes, we're doing. So we just joined um, the Mom Podcast Network, That's, the yeah, Mo- Mo- so Media cool. with Alaska great. and Willem. And yeah. so we we're doing that. And we're we I mean, when this comes out, we'll probably already have been, but we're going to Golden Con. So we'll be there. And um, mm-hmm. so we're a part of that. And they can listen to me there. They can listen to me on You're Making It Worse, which is the gay sort of stupid podcast that I do with Prince Sullivan and Ellie Glazer. <laughs> and then if you want the serious me. The boy, mm. H. Allen Scott, celebrity interview me. You can go to The Parting Shot where I interview celebrities. I just talked to Paris Hilton. Amazing. Ooh. She's incredible. Ooh. Sliving. Yes. yes. So what a moment. <laughs> what a gay You're icon. That is a gay icon. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You're doing something really cool and out on the night because I watch go- The Golden Girls almost every day. Oh. So I've seen every episode like – dozens of times yeah and with your podcast i mean it's fitting that you're re-recording episodes yeah or revisiting them because yeah you just find something different from that show in multiple rewatches well, what's so, so i think that's that, really cool what's so interesting about us doing that is we weren't hesitant to doing but we just thought because our whole our whole point of doing it in the beginning was there were no other golden girls podcasts and we really wanted to mm-hmm. and there weren't many podcasts at that point because it was 2014 yeah. and so we were like Let's just do an archive of every episode of The Golden Girls. And then after we did it and we have this audience and we kept doing things. And then recently we were like, well, you know, we're different now. We're different people now than we were when we yeah. started this. And and that's what's so great about The Golden Girls but also podcasts like this where you watch old movies and you watch movies that impact your life. The The way you watched and the way I watched She-Devil in 1990 as a child is very different than – me as an adult person in 2023 and mm-hmm. but there is this sort of nostalgic connection that that links all of these moments together and it's so wonderful because it shows you i think how you evolve and how we age and how we move and how we change viewpoints and all of the different things and so i think yeah. rewatching like we're doing on golden girls or even just doing a podcast like this is it really i don't know shows you a little something fun about yourself it makes me happy it makes me it gives me joy 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming thank on you the so show. Much. Oh my god, thank you for having me. I like I think I felt like I badgered you to let me on. So I'm so excited to be a <laughs> guest here. Thank you. No, anytime. This was so much fun. Um yeah, we loved having you on. This was great. And um, we hope you can come back and do it again. I will. You t- you let me know. I mean, when you do the first or the, not the first one, when you do uh, the mirror has two faces. I'm here. Oh I'm, my god! I'm all about <laughs> mirror it. has mirror has two faces and the Prince of Tides. Oh, I I could do the Prince of Tides. Although I that's a serious be, moment. It is wild. It is. Those it are is. that is a wild movie that we had not watched that, and then we watched it when the Criterion came out. Neither of us had seen it in the pandemic. Oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. my friend Millie had always kind of raved about it. Of like, oh. Buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like, Nick Nick Nolte's also someone you want to meet in a bathroom, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I mean mm-hmm. well, yes. maybe 1992. Nick Sexiest Nolte. man alive, 1991. <laughs> but yeah, that movie was fucking wild. And yeah. I was oh. not really prepared for it. Yeah. And as I was watching it, I was like, God damn oh. it. This oh. movie is intense. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> insane. Oh man. Well we'll we'll definitely have you back for, for any and all Barbara. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm here and I'm Moments. ready. Okay. Well thank you so much and we'll see you very soon. Talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 And thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thanks so much. Yes indeed. Thanks again to H. Allen Scott, Sadie Pines. Um, go find Sadie in all of her glory on Instagram and yeah, follow, give them a follow if you don't already. Really funny. Lots of fun content mm-hmm. coming from that one. But, um, is it time for Patreon shout outs? I haven't done this with you in a while. You haven't done it with me no. for a while. I've been doing this solo, but that's okay because we are back. Patreon shout outs. Um, this is the time in the show that we want to say hello and thank you to all of our awesome patrons. Yay. Yay. We've got a couple new ones. Uh, including Thomas, Dan C, Dan H, Whirly Flower, Lori, Brenna, Jessa Rabbit, 45, Lawrence, Danielle, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Mark, Jackson, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Heather, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and finally, Rufino. You guys, the list keeps getting longer Thank and longer. Thank you so much. I'd love that. We have so it many patrons right now. Mm-hmm. I think we have like 35, maybe. This is kind of the highest that we've had for a while. And so. you'll get the Patreon shout-outs. Um, you, if you are on the top level, you will get the Watch With Us commentary, which we will be recording a new one tonight yes. after we get off this podcast so we are working on a new one so by the time you're listening to this there's going to be a brand new um watch with this commentary Mm -hmm. posted on patreon those are really fun if um you have the movie at your disposal we like to do movies that are available for uh on streaming platforms uh if you have a you know dvd or a vhs we give you instructions on how to start up the movie sync it with the track and so that as you watch you can listen to scott and i Mm -hmm. give our uh sparkling commentary i'm not sure what we're gonna be watching tonight yeah but it's gonna be a fun one mm-hmm. but you know if even if you don't want to sync it up with the movie you can just listen to it as a bonus episode you can listen in your car listen it to still it in works your car. we've done it still works still fun but it is really cool to sync it up to the movie that's that's a, a great feature of those commentary tracks and there are at this point over 25 we're we're getting up there in in yeah the we have a lot in the back so you know that's at the highest level but you know if you don't feel like you want to do a recurring donation you can do a one time donation 
And for, you know, the, the rest of that month, you'll have access to everything in that tier. So if you can drop 10 bucks, a couple of uh, orders at Starbucks, you can listen to all 25 of those commentary tracks. You can read all of the newsletters. You can go back to the archive and look at all of them. There's a link to look at everything. Um, photos, behind the scene pictures, um, seasonal audio, uh, seasonal playlists, lots of newsletters, like that. newsletters, mm-hmm. all that great stuff. So head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. Yeah. For more. Uh, we'd also love it if you would rate and review the show. Yeah, give us five stars. Indeed. We've been tracking in the iTunes film and television reviews in the top 50. That's exciting. mm -hmm. We've cracked the top 50. We cracked the top 30 uh, for a couple of days this week. So that's really fun. And that's just because of you listeners, everybody downloading and listening to all these episodes. And that really helps us to get the word out far and wide and for more people to find the show. So if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit five stars. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a review. It's free. It's easy. Takes no time at all, but it helps us out a lot, and we love it. And we read those reviews in this section of uh, of the episodes. So head over and do that. Yeah, um, we're on all the socials. You can find us at Movies That Made Us Gay on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and, and we're on also on Twitter. Twitter MTMUG Pod. I haven't done that in a while. I know. <laughs> uh, you can also follow our personal socials and like uh like h allen said you know twitter whatever we're there still we repost things but we're not the biggest fans of uh how that property is being run but we're still there if you want to find us but yeah if you want to find our personals feel free my name is pete i am at peter lasagna on instagram um and twitter as well same I'm thing scott Youngballer on instagram and follow my letterbox yes indeed well until next week thank you so much for listening everybody we'll see you soon bye bye